Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. The whole earth is full of His glory. Welcome to Gems for the Journey, Wisdom from the Word of God. Hey, God bless you, everybody. Welcome to Gems for the Journey, Wisdom from the Word of God. And we're your hosts, Matt and Stephanie Garrity. And we're founders of River of Heaven Ministries. And we have a threefold vision to rebuild and restore, equip and empower, and revive and heal. Through these broadcasts, you're going to be touched, rebuilt, and restored, equipped and empowered, and revived and healed. And you're going to be functioning like never before as a kingdom man or a kingdom woman. Praise God, everybody. So glad to be back again with you on Gems for the Journey, Wisdom from the Word of God. And we're entering into an amazing season. Actually, we've been in it for a little while. And if you're a student of Hebrew or you're studying the uh, lunar calendar or you understand how the Hebrew calendar works, we are actually in the month of Aviv or Nisan, as it's called, or Nisan. And uh, it is the seventh month of the civil year or the first month of the ecclesiastical year in the Jewish calendar. Now, what's interesting about the month of Nisan, or or Aviv, is that it is known as the month of salvation, or it is actually called Kodesh HaYeshua. Okay, and so that should sound familiar uh, to those of us who understand the Hebrew name uh, for uh, Jesus, Yeshua, or Yehoshua. Okay, and so the month of Nisan is the month of salvation, okay? And so, we remember during this time the physical deliverance from the political powers of Egypt, but more profoundly in terms of spiritual deliverance given at Zion and Moriah through our Messiah, okay? Kodesh HaYeshua can also be read as Chadash HaYeshua, or the new salvation, speaking about the new covenant or the new birth, And so this is very interesting. Again, there are acts uh, of God's power demonstrated specifically in this month of Nisan, in this month of salvation. Nisan actually comes from the root word nes, which means miracles. So it is a month of miracles, okay? So in the month of Nisan throughout the history of Scripture, this is the month where God delivered his people out of Egyptian bondage, okay? This is where they were under the grip of Pharaoh and the Egyptians for many, many years, and God heard the cry of his people, he remembered his covenant, and he delivered his people. We also understand that this is the month in the new covenant. Many of us have just celebrated this uh, just last week, the Holy Week, okay? This is the this is the month on the Hebrew calendar where our Messiah, Jesus Christ, Yeshua, where he died and when he was raised from, from the dead, raised to life. And so Christ provides salvation for the entire world. And we remember this specifically in this month of Nisan or this month of Aviv. It also speaks of the springing forth, springing forth, new life coming forth. It speaks of resurrection, okay? So this, the first month uh, 
of the Bible actually occurs in the spring, March or April on our calendar today, okay? The earth is giving birth to new life. Everything is springing forth. There's buds on, on the trees and there's flowers blooming and there's warm sunshine and there's greenery coming. To, there's, the things are flourishing all across the landscape. Everywhere you look, it's beautiful, okay? Uh, in the Northeast and United States right now, uh, it's a little cooler than usual, uh, but even the, that rain that comes, you know, the spring rains, you know, there's a, there's a fragrance, there's, a, there's just an aroma, there's refreshing that comes, okay? This is all an understanding of the month of Nisan, okay? And one of the main focal points of Nisan or Nisan is the Passover, is the Passover. Actually, this year, the Passover and Good Friday, actually, the beginning of Passover and Good Friday were the same day, which is very fascinating. Um, and so we know that uh, Scripture talks about in Exodus chapter 12, verses 1 through 3, in the Old Covenant, God spoke to Moses. He said, it says here, Now the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt, saying, This month, Nisan, it is the month they're talking about, shall be your beginning of months. It shall be the first month of the year to you. And so Aviv or Nisan, again, it shall be the first month of the year, the Lord says, okay? In the Bible, the feast of Passover is always the biggest celebration of the year for the Jewish people, okay? God commands that believers come before him at this time, okay? In Deuteronomy 16, 16, God said that there was three times uh, a year that were absolutely essential especially for the men to come together and to worship the Lord. Okay, in Deuteronomy chapter 16, verse 16, it says, Three times a year, God says, all your males shall appear before the Lord your God in the place which he chooses. Okay, at the Feast of Unleavened Bread, at the Feast of Weeks, and at the Feast of Tabernacles, and they shall not appear before the Lord empty-handed. And so we see some powerful truths here regarding how God feels about certain uh, feasts, about certain times of the year, about certain things that he has instituted. See, we can choose to do whatever we want to do as far as we're going to worship this way, or we're going to do this, or we're going to, we're going to sing this song, or uh, you know, have this type of procession as part of our services. But God said specifically, all the way going back to the Old Covenant, that there was three specific times of the years that the year that was special that he had marked the Feast of Unleavened Bread, the Passover, the Feast of Weeks, which is Pentecost, and the Feast of Tabernacles. Okay, the Feast of Passover is the Hebrew word Pesach, the Feast of Weeks is the Hebrew word Shavuot, and the, the Feast of Tabernacles is the Hebrew word Sukkot. And the Lord said, On those specific times. As far as I'm concerned, I want all your men to come forth. All your men. And don't come before me empty-handed. And so it also, we understand being this as a month of miracles, how oftentimes uh, do miracles come about? Oftentimes miracles can come because this is a time where God has determined that we've been sowing We've been doing good. The Bible says, Don't, do not grow weary and well-doing. For in due season, at God's appointed time, at, at God's kairos time, 
you're going to reap the harvest if you faint not, if you don't faint in prayer, if you don't faint back in doing good. Again, we're not saved by any of our works. We're not saved by good works, but we're saved for good works. And so as we've been born again, we've been saved completely by God's grace through faith. It's completely his work. It's his sovereign plan. Uh, It's us responding to his wooing uh, of his goodness and kindness leading us to repentance. But then we turn and by faith, his grace saves us on the other side. As we turn in faith toward him, we repent and believe his grace starts the process. His grace finishes the process. But we also understand that because we've been saved, we've been saved not just to say, okay, I'm saved now. I'm going to heaven. No, no. We are saved because God is bringing us back to his original design, which was that we would be kings and priests. And part of being kings and priests is sowing and reaping. It's sowing. The priests in the old covenant, they sowed. The priests in the old covenant, they gave. They brought sacrifices. Oftentimes they would be the the the, the stand-in person between the people and God. Now we know Jesus Christ in the old in the new covenant is our only mediator, but there is a priesthood, and the priesthood is now the Melchizedek priesthood. Under him, as Melchizedek, as the high priest in the order of Melchizedek, and we are kings and priests under his authority. And so, being kings and priests, uh, we sow, okay? And as we sow, oftentimes in Scripture, the Bible speaks many times about the first fruits. Give the Lord your best. Even going back to the time of Genesis with, with Cain and Abel, one of the reasons that Cain was jealous of his brother Abel is because it says that Abel brought forth the choice or the first fruits of his flock, but Cain just gave to the Lord from the ground. From the place that the Lord had cursed, he cursed the ground. There were thorns and thistles that came up from the ground. And so... Abel's heart was, I'm going to give the Lord the first, and not just the first, but the first of my flocks, the first of the beautiful uh, animal creation that God had placed there. And it was literally a prophetic type and shadow of what was to come with the sacrificial system that then would be the shadow and type of the ultimate sacrifice, which is Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God. But in the month of Nisan, Not over is the Passover and the reflection of the understanding of the Lamb of God that was going to be slain and the blood personally applied on the doorpost, on the the top and the lintels of the doorpost, which spoke of Christ who would die and his blood would be applied to the house of our life, our, our home, our temple. We can also understand that there is protection and there is deliverance in our family. There is protection and deliverance everywhere where the blood of the Lamb is poured out. Everywhere where the blood of the Lamb is applied, there is healing, there is freedom, there is deliverance. And so we have obviously the remembrance of that, but we also have an understanding of deliverance, of how God brought the people through the waters as he parted the waters he destroyed the enemy bringing back those same waters that he parted to destroy the enemy that was trying to advance to destroy God's people and so we understand that 
uh, as we do the right thing, as we move forward according to the obedience of what God says to do, as we sow the way we're supposed to regarding our first fruits, regarding the things that God asks us to do, as we walk in obedience with Him, the Word of God clearly shows over and over and over again that there would be a reward that would be reaped. And so as they sowed in faith, as they moved, as they moved in obedience and plundered the Egyptians, as they did exactly what they were supposed to, God said, as you're moving in faith, as you're moving according to my command, as you're moving in obedience, you're going to see miracles, not just the miracles of the, of the waters of the Red Sea parting, but also the miracles of the manna falling in the wilderness. It was, it was an entry point into a time uh, of miracles. And it was only when the people of God began to complain that, there, that God began to restrain the miracles. And again, oftentimes, uh, it's not really God even restraining the miracles. It's that we literally cut ourselves off, either by our mouth or our actions. And so I want to encourage you that this is not a time to draw back. This is a time where the windows of heaven are open and God is pouring out blessings that we cannot even hope to contain if we're faithful in obedience to him, if we're sowing, if we're doing what he says to do, we're giving our first fruits, uh, we're, we're moving in obedience to what he asks of us individually. And so there is a absolute harvest of souls, a harvest of miracles, there is so much that is being poured out in this season, but it's in response to us doing what God says to do. It's in response to us sowing to where he says to sow. It's in response uh, to us going where God tells us to go. Psalm 65, 11 says that the Lord says, I've crowned the year with my goodness and abundance drops or it drips from my path. But notice how it, where does it drip or drop from? It drops or drips from the path that God wants us to be on. Okay. Jeremiah 6, 16 talks about coming to a crossroads and considering the way which we would, we would, should go and asking for the ancient path. In other words, asking for the way that God said to go, the direction that God gave, the things of the Lord. Don't get so modern. Don't get so, oh, I've, I've got it all together. I know what I should do. I've been living the life of a Christian, Christianity a long time. I'm a follower of God a long time. I think, you know, I think I'm just going to do whatever I want to do here. God says, nope, don't get off my path because on my path is abundance. And I'm telling you that there is a time we're living in right now that everything in the natural realm is saying and trying to say to us this. You don't have enough. The economy's bad. Look all around you. It's all over. God has forsaken you. All these different things, all these different voices that you can hear, voices in the media, voices maybe uh, in your friends around your life, voices in your family, voices of concern and frustration and anger uh, because of what's going on. But I'm telling you, beloved, that this is not the time to complain because that you'll cut yourself off that way, just like the people of God did for a season. As a matter of fact, we remember that after God opened up the tremendous door, after God brought forth miracles and signs and wonders, those same people 
could not make it into the promised land except for Joshua and Caleb because they murmured and complained against God. They literally cut themselves off because they sowed words that were contrary to what God's word said. They sowed words that were contrary. They did things contrary to what God said to do. And so I'm telling you that this is not a time to draw back. This is not a time to be frustrated and to dwell on these things. This is not a time to be upset and think, oh no, God, you're not going to come through. No, this is a time, this is a month, this is a season of Nisan. This is a season of Aviv. This is a time of miracles. The government doesn't bring you miracles. Your boss doesn't bring you miracles. All these people are not your provider. They do not bring you miracles. They can't. The president doesn't sure surely doesn't bring us miracles. Uh, our military doesn't bring us miracles. God, our God, Jehovah God, Jesus Christ, Holy Spirit, our God, He is the God of miracles. He is the God of miracles, signs, and wonders. He did it all throughout Scripture, and He will do it for you. But do you believe? If you believe, you shall see my glory. Do you remember? You remember when the Lord said that? He said that to uh, Martha in John chapter 11. If you believe, you'll see my glory. And what was the context of Scripture here? The context was that Jesus had been called upon, Jesus, come, my brother Lazarus, he's sick, he's going to die. And Jesus never came. Look at John chapter 11, verses 21 through 25. Now Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had just been here, my brother would not have died. Anyone ever feel that way? Lord, if you'd just been here, where were you? Lord, didn't you just see what went on? What happened with my job? What happened with my family? What happened with my, my ministry? What happened with my finances? Lord, if you had just been here, that wouldn't have happened, right? If you had just been here, my brother would not have died, right? I called for you, but you didn't come. You didn't come on my timing, Lord. Remember we talked about earlier, it's not about our timing. It's about God's timing, God's Kairos timing. And we're going to see, look at verse 22. But even now I know that whatever you ask, God will, the Father will give you. And 23, Jesus said to her, Martha, your brother will rise again. You see, Martha had one confession. Lord, it's your fault. If you had just been here, how come this is happening to me? How come you didn't hear me? Why didn't you listen to me? You should have moved on my timing. And the Lord relays a very powerful principle in scripture. Basically, he says, uh, Martha, you need to understand something that your brother will rise again. And we go on to see, because why? In verse 25, Jesus says, because I am the resurrection and the life. And he who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. What looks like it's died in your life, beloved? Has it looked like there's a, a job situation that died? Has your business looked like it died? You know, Jesus, if you just would have been here, my business would have went under. Jesus, if you just would have been here, my family situation would have been under. Jesus, where are you? Where have you been? You called on him and you felt like he didn't come in your timing when he was supposed to come. But here's the reality, beloved, that anywhere where the one who is the resurrection and the life is, during his timing, in a moment, things can rise. In a moment, things can move from death to life. 
And I'm going to prophesy to you today. I just hear this by the Spirit. There are some of you that are listening to me today on this podcast that your business has gone under or is about to go under. It looks like it's the death of the very dream that you had from the Lord. And I'm telling you that even though it looks like the death, I'm telling you there's going to be a resurrection. Continue to follow after what the Lord's telling you to do. Seek Him in prayer. Instead of saying, Lord, where were you? If you would have just been here, this wouldn't have happened. Begin to confess, Lord, I thank you that you are the resurrection and the life. I believe, even though my my job, even though my business looks terrible right now, there are others of you right now, you feel like your marriage is, is done. You feel like your marriage is finished. There was a mistake that was made or a misunderstanding. But I'm telling you that even though you feel like your marriage is done, even though you are crying out to God, God, where were you? How come, how could you let this happen? Friend, I tell you the truth that If you start to change your confession and stop blaming God and take some responsibility upon yourself and repent and believe, I'm telling you there shall be a resurrection because you're inviting the one who is the resurrection and the life to come and to minister to your life. 2 Chronicles 7.14 says, If my people who are called by my name, and that's you, will humble themselves and pray, and seek my face as the Lord, and turn from the wickedness, then I will, he makes three promises, I will hear your prayer, I will forgive your sin, and I will heal your land, and your land is not just your physical ground, God can heal the land, the land is not producing, it's barren, but your land is you, your land is everything that's attached to you, the Bible says that we are the garden of God, the Bible says that we are the temple, in a way that figuratively or even maybe spiritually, supernaturally, we are land in some capacity to the Lord. God will heal you. He will heal your family. He will heal your business. He will heal everything attached to you. If, here's the big word, if you start to change your confession, start to change what you're sowing, start to change what you're saying, and start to begin to say, no, Lord, you are the resurrection of life. No, Lord, you may not have come when I asked you to come. You may not have come when I expected you to come, but your timing is perfect. And instead of blaming God, and instead of saying, God, it's your fault, Instead of that, instead of saying, no, Lord, I repent, I sinned, I messed up, I made some moves I shouldn't have in my business. Lord, I messed up. I did some things I should have in my marriage or my ministry. Whatever the case is, I'm telling you that it is not too far gone. It it might look like it's dead, but beloved, look up for your redemption draws nigh. Look up because there is the one who is the resurrection and the life standing in front of you, standing with you. He is in you by his spirit. I'm telling you that open up your eyes and see where your eyes have been clouded, where your judgment has been clouded, where there have been scales. I speak right now in the name of Jesus that scales are falling off your eyes, that scales because of your bad confessions, because of things that you've said, because of things that you've done. There are some times that scales can come and we don't see properly, but as there's repentance, there's times of refreshing, Acts 3.19. As there's repentance, there's deliverance. As there's repentance and seeking God's face and turning from wickedness, there is the healing of the land and I'm telling you that your business shall rise again your marriage shall rise again your family shall rise again hallelujah 
Can you sense the one who is the resurrection and the life, Jesus Christ, breathing? Holy Spirit is breathing even on your situation right now. There is life. I sense that those, some of you who are listening to the podcast today, some of you are sick in a hospital bed. I'm telling you that you might feel like the enemy's telling you that you're going to die, that you're about to go down, you're it, that's it, it's over. But I'm telling you that if you will start to confess that Jesus is the resurrection and the life and if you don't know Jesus Christ that you will receive him that you will completely trust in him that you will repent and acknowledge that his grace that his goodness and kindness has led you to this place of repentance and you just cry out and you believe and confess I'm telling you that not only are you saved and you're going to be with him for eternity but right now I just see him raising you up off of your bed raising you up off of that hospital bed even off of that thing that looks like a gurney that there's being prepared for you because it looks like it's the end you shall live and not die and you shall see the glory of God again John 11 verse 25 Jesus said to her Martha I am the resurrection and the life he who believes in me though he may die naturally he shall live Lazarus had died naturally but the bigger thing is we don't want the soul of the person to die your soul can only die if you're burned alive in the pit of fire in the second death the bible calls it look at verse 26 and whoever and live whoever lives and believes in me shall never die what's jesus saying people die yes they do and there can be physical resurrections there can be absolutely people raised from the dead However, he is talking about here specifically, more specifically, whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. What's he talking about? He's talking about your eternity. There's a very small fraction of your life that you spend here. But the rest of your life is eternity. After you pass on, after you die in, in this realm we call the earth, okay? Where do you want to spend eternity? And whoever lives, verse 26, and believes in me, Jesus says, shall never die. But watch the question. Do you believe this? In other words, it's not, oh yeah, my family believes, my pastor believes, my brother or sister believes, my friend believes. No. Do you believe this? Do you believe this? My God. Do you believe? It's got to be personal. Just like the lamb's blood in the Passover needed to be personally applied upon the door of the home. There needs to be a personal application of your faith. Jesus is saying, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. But guess what? There's a question. Do you believe this? Do you believe this? Friend, I'm telling you right now, I believe that faith is stirring in you. The Bible says that faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of the Lord. And as the word of the Lord is going forth uh, today on this podcast, you're hearing it and your faith is coming alive like never before. You're believing. Yes, I do believe. I believe that Jesus is the resurrection and the life. I believe. I didn't believe before. I was down in the dumps. I was depressed. There are some of you that are listening to this podcast that you've sought to cope with alcoholism. You've sought to cope with other relationships outside covenant that you shouldn't be in. You sought to cope with doing drugs and things of that nature. But I'm telling you that the one who 
is the resurrection and the life and is also your deliverer. He is delivering you as soon as you look up. As soon as you look up and say, I don't want this anymore. I, Some of you, I, I sense by the Spirit, were serving the Lord, but then got derailed during this time, these last two uh, almost two and a half years uh, of COVID and all this stuff uh, where, where there was unnatural situations and people being made and forced to stay in their homes and all these stresses and economics and all these stresses. But the stresses are meant to take us to our knees. The stresses are meant for us uh, to call upon the Lord Jesus and draw closer to the Lord than ever before during these times, not going to vices, not going back to Egypt. Friend, you're leaving Egypt and you're never going to return again in the mighty name of Jesus. Look at John chapter 11, verses 39 and 40. Later on, Lazarus is in there in the tomb. He, the one who's dead, he's been dead four days. Jesus said, remove the stone. I'm telling you that the Lord is removing the stone away from your life. He's rolling away. Things look dead, but the stone is being rolled away. Martha, the sister of the deceased, said to the Lord, Lord, by this time there will be a stench, for he has been dead four days. Does something feel like, man, this doesn't smell right. Something doesn't look right. This doesn't feel right. This is beyond repair. I can't do anything about this. It doesn't matter. For the Lord said to her, did I not say to you that if you believe, you will see the glory of God? But we'll go back to that question. Do you believe? Do you believe that Jesus is the resurrection and the life? Do you believe that he will bring forth his resurrection power in your life? And friend, if you've repented and turned and you have believed, guess what? I've got good news for you. The spirit of the living God lives within your life. And because the spirit of God lives within you, he is the spirit of resurrection power. Romans 11 says... 8.11 says, But if the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, He who raised Christ from the dead will also quicken your mortal body. He'll give life to your mortal body through His Spirit who dwells in you. My God. And so I thank you, Lord God, for everyone listening today. I thank you for your resurrection life, your resurrection power for marriages, families, relationships being restored oh god i thank you lord god that businesses are being restored there is resurrection life friend if you believe that you will receive that in jesus name so god bless you today thank you for listening and we look forward to seeing you next time on gems for the journey wisdom from the word of god goodbye if you'd like to connect with us you can go to our website at www.riverofheaven.org. River of Heaven Ministries is advancing the kingdom of God on earth as it is in heaven through various means. In James 1.27, Scripture teaches us to care for the widows and the orphans. We take this seriously and are actively involved in supporting widows and others in need on a monthly basis. Together, we can do more. Additionally, our radio broadcasts and podcasts reach all nations, touching lives worldwide. Daily, new listeners hear the gospel, and through these broadcasts and podcasts, millions have an opportunity to repent, believe, and receive Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Listeners also learn about powerful Tabernacle of David principles through our teaching, 
encouraging all to worship the Father in spirit and in truth with great passion and purity. Your financial gift of any amount will help us to continue to support those in need and allow us to launch high-quality recorded radio broadcasts, podcasts, and teaching that are available for free to anyone who has internet access. With your prayers and financial support, we will continue to reach millions in our generation and multiply millions in generations to come. Thank you for partnering with us.